breakfast. The DL debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's kitchen. Welcome one and all to this episode of the DL debate as we review a bumper weekend of GA action here in Donegal. We had ladies semi-finals, we had intermediate men semi-finals, quarter-finals in the men's seniors and junior championships. Coming up later on the show, Maureen O'Donnell will be joining us to round up all the ladies action. But first up, we have gathered together a heavyweight panel here from the field of journalism and the Donegal News. It's the one and only Frank Craig, the maverick Frank Craig. He does things his way, that's one thing for sure. We have championship winner here from the Glen, the Pep Guardiola of the Glen. It is Gary Gaz McDade and also tipping the scales on the, the big heavyweight. He tells me it's still muscle. It's the one and only Neve Connell, Powerhouse and County star Jungle Day, lads. Welcome to the show. It was some weekend action, lads. We'll get stuck straight and then I think we'll just start with the intermediate and there was a bit of talk off air about a bit of a handling at the end of the Neve uh, uh, the Neve Columba and Fanag game. Of course, Neve Columba, who had that semi final hoodoo, finally broke that hoodoo. Gary, you were out at that game. Uh, listen, sparks were flying uh, during the game and, and, and certainly after it. Yeah, listen, probably, you know, Neve Columba would be absolutely delighted. Then, you know, I think it's four or five last semi finals they've been in. So they've eventually got over the line. I think it's three in a row they've lost there. In fairness to Fanon, I was really impressed with Fanon. Not many people were giving them a chance going into the game, but um, I thought the first half, they probably shaded the first half. They were probably the better side. They were probably unlucky going in half time, points down. Like They had uh, four in a row early on, so they, so they did uh, Owen Clare, Oshin Shields, Liam McGranagh, and young, uh, Mark McAteer. Like, at the end of the first quarter, they were 4-1 up, and better, better team in the pitch, and they were bombarding Michael Sweeney at full forward off the ball so they were and, and Neve Clumber were really struggling to deal with it and it looked so so dangerous and they had a super goal chance so they had fan at the toward the end of the first half a great first pass to Michael Sweeney over the top and uh, the fan of play was running down a goal but unfortunately he couldn't get his hands at the ball turnover Neve Clumber up the pitch Helen Neve Clumber back of the net in the 34th minute four minutes and in the end of time it was a major turning point in the game so it was um, they came out the second half and probably nailed on. I think they nailed on four in a row by the forty-second minute, and it was it was just nearly too much for Fana to come back. Even though they've come back in the other games when they, when they've been behind, it was just too big a gap. It opened up a five-point lead, one nine to seven points. And after that, um, they rallied right to the end. So they had, they got another couple of goals. So, so they did uh, young Sparky, Mark McIntyre got a, a goal from a high ball, and then top of Michael Sweetie. So he did, and uh, I think Swinney got himself the second goal in later on as well. But Bannon, I think, will be reasonably happy with the performance that they put in. You know, it was probably a while since he got to the semi final, but they looked super fit. So they did, uh, they looked well organised, they looked, they had their homework done, uh, they did very well on Aaron Doherty. I thought young Darren McElwain was picking up, he was the main man the week before, and I'm saying that Aaron still ended up with 1 3 goal coming from the penalty. But like he didn't, he, he got uh, two of those points in the last five minutes of the game. So young Darren McAuliffe thought did a really good job on him, and probably testament to Neil Clumber the way that they stepped up. Like Aaron was maybe marshal well marshaled this week, and other players stepped up. And like Kevin McNair, the captain, led by example. He was two two or two three. He ended up a super game in the half forward line for them. 
Ryan Gillespie, who was probably tied up the week before, had a better game this week. I think he ended up with 1-1. So from the Columbia point of view, probably they'll be really happy that if two or three players get tied up or are restrained, that they have other players to come in and step up and get them over the line. Yeah. It was interesting, I suppose, the, the goals. I say Neve Columbia must be the top goal scoring side in our championship. And again, hitting 4 11 the two nine. It was interesting, Frank. Four, six goals in that game. Another semi final, no goals. Uh, done low, aging out uh, Terman, 11 7. Is that, Frank, for you, the two the two best sides in the competition now meeting in the final? I think so, without a doubt. I think Terman made it very difficult, maybe, for Dunlow to, to cut loose in our draft by all accounts. But, you know, Dave Columbus, Gary pointed out, they're definitely, you know, free scoring. And maybe I think there was seven or eight different contributors on the night last night as well. Uh, first intermediate final, Brian McCabe was mentioned this night in the press box for Glenn since 2011. I think St. Noel's accounted for them that date. So they see it as, as an opportunity to land silverware and they see it as an opportunity to get back into the Senior Football Championship. But uh, Gary's right there. there you know, it is very interesting, especially after us all watching Michael Murphy earlier in the day as a direct out in the big Michael Sweeney certainly often found it, you know, something quite similar site with a direct ball. And it's just very, very hard to deal with even though Nave Columbia, you know, and they're pound for pound some very good uh, defenders like the Park Ward, Philip Doherty, Barry Caron that there, but they just, when you're such a big man like Michael Sweeney is, he caused lots of bother, but again, like, I think Leif Clum had a 10-point lead break by the 51st minute, but it got a bit bonkers inside that last 10 minutes saying uh, Michael fisted one to the back of the net and Mark McAteer got a goal as well, kind of brought it back into four as you were kind of right and fan it off, so they, they didn't lie down, uh, but I think Leif Clumba in the end were the better side. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But should be a cracking final. Of course, don't know uh, beating in last year's final after after a w- replay. They'll be very keen to to win that and get back to senior ways. And looking across the senior championship, I mean, there was fixtures were set up. It was looking everybody was feeling. Listen, there could be a game in there with and Gidor as it as it panned out that that Unions and Kilcar were probably a bit strong. The game I think everybody was looking to in particular was was of course Glenn Swilly and Neve Connell. Yesterday, John, uh, what did you make of the fair? You know, it, it seemed as if it was a, a stuttering performance of, of, of Neve Collins. They never really got, got going, but you always felt in the background that they were going to co- come good at the stage. And as, as the whites were clocking up for, for, for Glenn Swilly, you thought the door was going to be left open. And, and so it seemed. And, and, and those two killer, killer goals in the second half being the difference. Yeah, it, it wasn't an impressive performance at all but I suppose this time last year we were talking about Neil Connell being the greatest team that ever come through the championship in Donegal and, and look what happened there so you know yeah. games quarterfinals and semifinals are there to be won uh, how you won them doesn't really make any difference and um, you know we you know it, it, it was a I don't want to take too much away from or focus too much on how stuttering a performance it was from a Neil Connell point of view I thought it was a very very good performance from Glenn Swilly I was very impressed by them. Um, I thought they got a lot of their key matchups right. Tactically, in the first half, they got everything right. They really shut down the the outlet ball from a Neve Connell point of view. We couldn't get our hands on the ball at all. We couldn't want any breaking ball. And, you know, if Glenn Swally had brought the shooting boots with him, I don't think it would be um, unfair to say they could have been five to seven points up at any given stage because Michael had a chance for a goal very early on as well. So while it wasn't a good performance from Neve Connell's point of view, they got their act together a little bit better in the second half, but it still wasn't overly impressive. They didn't put the game away, you know, until the 54th minute and they left Glenn Swilly in it. Um, so there'll be a lot to work on. 
but I suppose quarterfinals are there to be won, and uh, it's it's um, job done, as they say. Yeah, job done. And and Gary, from from a Glen point of view, I suppose you've put together teams that have tactically been ready and and, and went all the way in championships. Were you impressed with with the setup of of the Glenswilly team, the way they kicked past the ball and pushed up, squeezed up, and the kick out and and I suppose the times were crying out for that kind of championship bite, but they definitely brought that yesterday and it'll be really kicking themselves uh, in, in the ways that they, and in, in the points that they didn't convert yesterday, particularly not to go on at half time, maybe be a four or five point cushion. And then, you know, to, if, if they had it within the second half of the week and see the goal, they, they probably would have won the game. But what, what, what's your feeling on, on Glenn Swayze's performance yesterday? I you summed it up well there. Listen, Parry Boner and Kieran Sharkey are have done a tremendous job over the last couple of years. I think it's Parry's third year now, yeah, and every year's has shown progress and probably yesterday has shown the most progress. He's had a huge transition in personnel there. Uh because only maybe five or six that started the twenty sixteen final started yesterday. So there's absolutely massive transition to it. And you know, a lot of people from the Glen might have left there yesterday, you know, yes, disappointed, but could see signs of something coming again, you know, um, and you're 100% right, the shooting boots, I think it was eight wides or nine in the first half, and we had a, a nailed five or six of them over the bar, like, and they were very scorable. They have Connell's two goals, one of them, we kicked the ball over the sideline, so we did, it was just a bad kick pass, or had kicked it, and the ball ended up in the back of the net, so it, so it did, and I think the second one was a turn, turnover as well. Keelan Kelly not starting, he went off injured against our drafts, we did, uh, you know, Brendan, he's probably as good a club player playing that sweeping role and organising the defence. It was a big loss for us, so he was even more hard. Came in then for him. Um, with a goal chance, Steve McGrath made a great save for Michael Murphy early, early on. Um, Keelan McFadden, Savvy went off after the first quarter with 100% of their kickouts when Savvy went off. I was looking at the second quarter, keeping a rough eye, and I remember our first five kickouts when he took one of them. So, like, swings and roundabouts, you know, we, we, we emptied everything and did. Uh, you need the wee rub of the green and, and, and when you're playing some of the big hitters. So, you did, but it was a testament to Nave Connell the way they came out to the start of the second half. Like, you know, from a two, being two points down at half time, they suddenly came out the second half and then, like, 90 seconds, it was a four point turnaround yeah. at the goal and the point. And I think 34th month they had on, a, had on an hour point. So, we know. It is testament. It shows the character they have. You know, they grinded it out and didn't play well. They've been absolutely delighted at half time going in there that they were that they were only two points down. They've been very, very. That's what the, my, from a from point of view, that was my fear at half time that these boys have played on. You know, when they're still in the game and you, you, you know, like it, people are talking about it. Are they coming to? The, are they coming to the end? You know, the way they grinded that out yesterday, that just showed pure experience. So it does. So and. The, you know, we're probably looking on to the next game. It's a draw. Both them and Guido were what I wanted. So I wanted to avoid the other two. Yeah. So and I, and I just texted you yesterday as well. Yeah, there was a couple of bad wides in that first half, but I think it was was it one eight to ten. Michael popped the ball inside. They wanted to be corner forwards, and it was a, it was a fairly capable yeah. mark. And uh, I think yes. that if that had went over equalised, was it McDavid? Yeah. I think with, yeah, if that had equalised there, I think it would have give, give, give you a massive lift. And it was just some of them on just thinking, you know, these were straightforward enough kind of chances. You know, you really felt at that point that, um, you know, things was going to the tide, was going to turn against you. And, and, and as you said there, everything was prepared properly for them, you know. And in fairness, we keep talking about a team that's 
going to come up and 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 rattle the the top four. But Glenswell, he definitely did that yesterday. In many ways, think they could have won the game. Yeah, listen, it was there for them, and they and 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 they gave it everything, and they attacked numbers, and they kicked the ball, and they ran the ball, and they changed direction off off the attack, and it's just maybe we we inaccuracies of our own play let let us down. You know, it wasn't for the want of endeavour or want of want, want of trying that we we didn't won the game. It's just listen, there's plenty of things to work on. Like you mentioned about the the, the shooting count, no, no doubt. Starting next year, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk and we're down to wonder that we need to get better at putting the ball over the bar and maybe tidy up maybe our handling and kicking skills as well. And you know, if we can tidy that up, you know, and we can get a few lads through. We're the middle and minor team this year, but a few lads through from out there, you know, hopefully we're going in the right direction again. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And listen, if you only support the unions here in the semi final, uh, Gary, you're more than welcome. Hey, I'll get you get you a black and orange yeah, yeah, scarf. Yeah, sure. It's always, always good to support the neighbours. Sure. <laughs> um, I would know most of them from, from, from being up at the college here and work with most of them through no the years. No right, worries. Listen, no worries. Listen, Gary, know you got a bounce on there. Appreciate it. Thanks for the input there. We'll check the news the championship okay, rules on. Thanks, like, yeah, Bye. just speak, speaking of, thanks, Gary, good man. Speaking of St. Unions, uh, Frank, myself and yourself are down in the sun-kissed Galentis on Saturday evening to, to, to watch what was, uh, we were hoping for what it, uh, we were hoping it wouldn't be what it was. And, uh, you know, again, St. Unions, fourth game, um, no competition, no contest at all in that one. Uh, Frank and St. Unions just looking like a real, well-oiled machine there. They seem to have answers for everything. Yeah, 2.15 to Nord 5. I think we we had kind of zoned out a wee bit, even up, you know, as close as half-time because we knew the game was simply over at that stage. But at the same time, I mean, you look at it and what unions are offering. St. Michael's were cagey and cautious and, you know, they looked to drop men back. But St. Unions are still fit to stretch the game and pack those holes because you, you could see how well coached they are, Brenton. And, you know, it is very noticeable how many strings Connor O'Donnell at centre half back was pulling in that their game. And, you know, the direct ball to the likes of Nile and Shane and even Connor O'Donnell Jr., who I think is an exceptional player for St. Unions, very underrated. He just gives them that something wee bit different inside uh, as work off the ball and track him back in that as well. Unions, I think. You know, they're a very honest, industrious side, but uh, it's very obvious too that the management team there have them play in a certain way. And I think they're a much different animal than they were last year with this senior championship now under the belt. Uh, I think they're going to kick on. And looking at that last four, it is pretty ominous looking. Even, you know, with the greatest respect, I think they likes to kill KR and Nave Connell. I think Guidor, in terms of being in transition, um, I don't think they're going to be one and through to a final, but the likes of Kilkar and Glenties, it's very hard to see how they're going to stop them. Yeah. And, and listen, it, it looks like it's, it's almost there's a county field day, most lines of their, uh, of their pitch there. Um, John, you know, when you, when you look at it from, from the back out, even because Kieran Tobin, you know, our, our under 20 captain from last season, he just came on a sub, but when you put him in that defence along with Alexa, obviously our goalkeeper Sean Patton, Keelan Ward obviously been uh, county as, as, as Frank St. Connor Donald Senior playing some wonderful football you have players who can take man to man and then break up the pitch and you know, when the inside line in, see Connor Donald Junior with um, with Alexa Niall O'Donnell and McGeehan in there with Sheehan O'Donnell coming uh, uh, on the loop as well you know there's there's so many um players with ability in there, it, it's it's some conundrum for a team to try and shut that down. And, you know, you don't want to be too critical of St. Michael's, but if you're going to 
I suppose, mix it up in the championship. You had to come with something, but physically, I don't think they could get near uh, St. Unions on the even. No, and I've seen St. Unions a few times this year, and I've really seen a major progression from where they were last year. If you remember the, the conversations this time last year with St. Unions where they were struggling, they were drifting through the championship, they were, you know, they weren't impressive in any way, shape or form, and then they really turned it on in the final against Neil Connell. This year is slightly different. They're, you know, there's, there does te- be a tendency in really, really good teams that when you get over the hump for the first time and you have the, the, the first title under your belt, as a lot of those lads have, that they've then the shackles are thrown off and they moved on. And then Rory and team also has another year of coaching with them and the systems are better. Uh, I thought physically they're they're in a much better position than they were this time last year. The few times I've seen them, I thought a lot of their players have got bigger, they've got stronger. They have a top class, you know, players all around the team, but they're they're playing um extremely well as a functioning unit as well. Everybody seems to know what they're doing. <clears throat> the only supposed concern from a, from a unit's perspective is that they haven't been tested at all. They haven't come across any of the so-called big four. Um, but what I think is that really there's a gap developing right now. I think the big four may not be the big four, uh, but like the Beatles, they'll not be around for much longer. I think there's going to be a breakup of that. I think there's transition in Gidor. Um, I don't think Neil Connell were the power that they were maybe two or three years ago. Um, and I don't, I don't see improvement in, in Kilkiar either, with all due respect to them. I think that, that nothing has come through to make them a better side. Mm. But I definitely see that from a St. Unions perspective, that the year on year, they've got better. And what people, you know, fail to remember in our, in our conversations last year before the final, where there, you know, people were eulogizing about how good Neve Connell were in the previous two years. St. Unions brought them to the pin of their collar and really were unlucky not to beat them once and not beat them twice. So this team has been building for quite some time. So it's not just like they've won a championship. This team could have won a championship any time over the last three years. Last year was the one that got across the line. And I think they're going to be a very, very difficult proposition for anybody to deal with, given the fact that they have quality players all over the field and Rory and his management team have done an incredible job. However, as we all know, in any given day, and now we're down to the, you know, the cutting edge of the championship, you know, referee decisions, bounce of a ball, goal, all the cliches that we all know, but they all come into real life play at this point in time because, you know, while Unions on paper and on form are the best team in the county right now, you never know what can happen on any given day. So they have two big games if all things going well. They have Kilcar next day out and, you know, we all know and Frank will know as, as he's a neighbour over there. You know, you get nothing easy when you're playing Kilcar and they have a bee in their bonnet as well. So they'll really put it up to units. And if they're successful, then the winners of the Gidor and Eve Connell game are not going to go to a final to roll over as well. And they have points to prove. So I think they're strong. I think they're outright favourites at this point in time. But there's a lot of football to be, been, to be played over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of interesting football. Frank, the, the, the Gidor, um, a real game. Uh, I, I know a real have set, set up very defensively in, in the game. And of course, Gidor have. Massive issues this season between people leaving and, and injuries and, and and what have you, but it uh, it fairly caught fire towards the end of the game and the game that 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 uh, Gidor controlled. They were they were eight five up and and I was listening to Ryan just on my way to uh, uh, Glenties on Saturday evening. And it, it seemed like game over, but indeed 
uh, David Dolan had a 52nd minute shot one on one with the, and the keeper saved it and I think Gore McNeilis took it off the line there so late late drama and uh, you have to admire him I suppose for going there it could have been the hero uh, uh, Frank people say maybe the score was on take it the added time but uh, uh, Gidor just about I suppose lumping in to, to the semi-final but th- th- surely there's still a kick in these guys and and, and there's still uh, there'll still be a match for, for Neve Connell yeah, I think if you, I mean, areas the way they approached the whole championship, it was the one game at the weekend that I thought that, you know, given where Guidor are and what, you know, who they've lost this year in terms of personnel, that, you know, it was a game, maybe a 50 50 game was how you described that there. But Guidor still had that there, you know, how was the likes of Eamon and Neil and Steer and things all along there. But maybe it's a game Dave Connell needed as well. I mean, I don't think they would have liked to have seen an energetic Kilkiar come on their way, you know, I suppose the the bad blood that's still simmering there uh, St. Eunice I think uh, on the evidence of the weekend too so maybe Nave Connell will be quite content that it's Guidor come in their direction uh, get over the line there and then just try and find a game plan that might you know negate St. Eunice but I think the big difference there and John weighing up just in terms of playing personnel I mean the difference Sean Patton makes there I mean I think the second best goalkeeper left in the championship is probably Dahi Roberts but again Guidora bottom of the pile and what we're thinking they're going to do and I just think Sean Patton allows St. Unions to go after other sides really really viciously we've seen it last year maybe how Glenty's unravelled you know ended up only scoring four points because Unions put such a press and such pressure on them and then at the other end what, what Patton gives them in terms of being able to go long go between the lines so I mean, it gives them such a head start already, I think, now on what's left there in the competition. And even Kilkiar, I think Kilkiar might struggle with their, their distribution uh, against the unions. I've seen unions take that aggressive approach, you know, at their forward end, pushing up. So as well as the huge squad that we're seeing St. Unions had. I mean, we're talking to the players that came off the bench, you know, Kieran Tobin, Parrot McGetting, and great to see Conor Morrison back in there too. But it's Sean Patton, I think, that is probably going to give them, you know, a huge advantage on top of all of that, Brenton, as you go into these last four games. Yeah. He's a great, great man they have, all right. Yeah, kicker's been vital. You've seen that even yesterday's game. The pressure comes on the kicker, but if someone like Patton there, he can still yeah. those kicks away. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's a huge thing. Listen, Frank, I know you got to bounce on there. Thanks very much for that. No problem. A bit of roundup, sir, as, as ever, lad. I'll speak to you in the next couple of weeks. Ciao, soon, guys. Frank Craig there, Donegal News, yeah. Good man, Frank. John Boy, we're just down to this Kilkar, uh, Killy Beggs game. Um, Patrick McBerty, I mean, what a player he's been. Uh, John and he's flying again this season. And listen, when you have someone like that, a bit like Murphy for for Glenn Swilly, um, he can basically carry the team. I mean, he hit nine points out of that one fourteen to one seven victory over Killy Beggs yesterday. Is that a bit of a danger though, John, in terms of reliance? You know, we're we're talking about the the the, the last four teams that's left. And if you look at the team that most people are looking, they maybe slight favourites would be St. Unions. They don't really have any one man that they need to have a go-to man. They, but listen, if you're going to have a go-to man, you can't beat boys like, like Murphy and McBerty. But would that be a bit of a danger in terms of his, uh, uh, I suppose his overall scoring threat uh, to for, for uh, Kilcarra should he get t- tied up in this semi? Yeah, no, listen, it, it's obviously a concern. Uh, however, it's it's probably a first world problem. You know, what Neve Connell would not give for a marquee forward right now? Um, so there's pros and cons to that. Patrick's an exceptional footballer, has been for the last 10 years. Um, he's up there on the shoulders of Michael Murphy, you know, as, as the standard forward in Donegal. 
And to have him there and have him playing well and scoring and, and really on form is a huge, huge benefit to Kilcar at the present point in time. But in saying that, if you look at the man-marking capabilities and, and everything else that St. Unions have right now, there is a fear that if Patrick doesn't have a really good day at the office, that they'll, they'll struggle from scores from elsewhere. And that's true for a lot of teams in Donegal at the present point in time. Um, the only side maybe out that doesn't what you would say would have a household marquee forward name would be, um, St. Unions. And I know they have the Donalds and, and the county lads, et cetera. But again, they're not overly dependent on any one guy to show up on any given day. It's a much more even contribution around the side. And that makes them much more difficult to shut down. So, you know, Patrick playing well, if Patrick has one of his good days, if Kilcarrick can get enough ball to him, then he's going to cause problems for anybody. But then from Rory's perspective on the St. Union side of the equation, it's a matter then of how do you stop that? How do you negate that? Um, just the same as, you know, Neve Connell had an issue with Michael yesterday. How do you stop that? So if you can stop that, then you're well on your way to, to, to victory. And um, that's going to be a key, I suppose, focus of the St. Union's management team over the next couple of days. Yeah, certainly set up for a cracker. John, just delving a wee bit into, into Neve Connell. Obviously, you know, your, your history in the competition, you know, the last five finals and that, They've always, your club was always at such a say in the championship and the tactics of the championship. And I know Barry Dunyon came in there uh, this year with, with Martin Regan. I suppose you're always trying to freshen it up. Martin's been there. He's put some service into it. Did you get a feeling yesterday, John, just the kick passing element of, uh, Glenn Swilly was changing it a wee bit? Is it something still that you think that Neve Connell still are doing that same maybe keep ball tactic when it looks like the danger coming from teams now and even looking at St. Junin's uh, at the weekend there, once Conor Donald Sr. was spraying those balls and there's no time for the for the blanket to get in place. Do you think there's a bit of an element there of, are you, you're on about, um, you, you, you know, Glenn Swilly kicking for scores. Is there an element of that long ball? You can I can see it coming in right across our, our club scene, but I didn't see a lot of it from Neve Connell yesterday. No, and I, I suppose that there, if you... Go back to early in the summer when, you know, Donegal played Derry. The, the game was so bad. There was such a backlash from all over the county that I do think that you've seen a change in the club championship in general. I know that you have certain teams like Area play, play particularly defensive, but again, they're on the up. Yeah. They're trying to get to where they get to. So you, you can, you can kind of understand that to a certain point. It's, it's, it's a, it's a results driven business. I suppose if you look at Neve Connell, Neve Connell have been incredibly successful over the last 15, 16 years. I think the last time they weren't in a semi-final was 2013, which is nine years ago, which is incredible in its own right. And they've played in the last, I think, six finals. Uh, so they've been very successful in what they've done. And you have that core group of players that have played that way, even at underage, a lot of those guys have played that way. And, you know, that's what Martin knows. That's what the management team knows. And even though you try to freshen it up a bit, you sometimes when you're in the you know the white heat of battle you revert to type you revert to what you know best you revert to what has been successful for you for the last 10 15 years and i think it's very difficult for them to change the style of play in one season this is something that they'll probably have to evolve over maybe four or five seasons because it's so indoctrinated in the way that the club is set up and it's been very very successful on the back of that so you can't knock it but i do think that unions are playing the game differently and and the last year's final was a, a perfect example of that. They brought it in, you know, a dynamic approach to it. They moved the ball very quickly. 
watching the game yesterday from my perspective I was frustrated at the sluggishness and how slow we moved the ball uh, particularly in the first half and we didn't have a lot of ball but when we had the ball we, we put no pressure on Glenn Swally at all in the second half that changed A we attacked the man on the ball much more aggressively looking for turnovers and then when we were on the front foot we drove Ethan drove on Jack McKelvey drove on young Quinn that came on and our goals came from that penetrative drive and and attacking burst of pace that we hadn't seen earlier in the game and I think the game has developed right now that the way to beat the blanket defence is move the ball quickly be that kick pass or very very aggressive hard running and that's something that maybe we're lacking a little bit we have we have still trying to throw off the shackles of the, where we were maybe three or four games when we were, when we were winning championships. But the footballers are there. We have some incredible footballers. But I think structurally, it's difficult just to change overnight and be a different team. And I think when you've been successful, that as I said before, it's even more difficult. Yeah, a very interesting point you made, and you're right, John, about last year. Um, I thought Neve Connell's quarter final and semi final performances were right up there in, in terms of that way of playing as good as I'd seen they were right on the money and then as you said you know units played well in the final but you'd have to say uh, your guys you know that was probably the worst performance I'd seen them in many a year so listen maybe it's the other way around it needs to happen I'm sure they'd be happy enough uh, it's, it's John that it's Gidor protected with all the issues that they have there now and they're thinking listen we get into a final you know what I mean again going back to that experience in that but I know how um, if, if anything I think that'll fairly lift them particularly because of how they left last year's final Oh yeah absolutely I think if you were look, if you were looking for a draw from both a Gidor perspective and a Neve Connell perspective they'd be happy enough playing one another because both of them think that they'll be in with a shout I think the harder side of the draw is definitely the St. Eunice Kilcar side of the side of the draw <clears throat> I think they're, they're, they're two more dynamic teams at this point and then you know, again, like quarterfinals and performances and everything else, it's all about winning games. You know, we're at, the, we're at the business end of the championship. So if Gidor or New Connell won, they'll be happy to be in a final. And anything can happen in a final, as you well know, like, you know, favourites, you know, in a final is not, not, not obviously the best place to be. Neve Connell, if they're in the final, and I don't want to preempt anything, but if they're in a final, it's not like they're going to be awed by the occasion they've been there before. If it's St. Eurance in a final, Obviously, there's an added incentive because there's, you know, there's age old rivalry. There's a way they left last year's final behind them, et cetera, et cetera. But it's going to take two incredibly big performances from Neve Connells, something we haven't seen this year already. And maybe it's a good thing to be coming under the radar because we left a lot of our good football behind us last year. The Kilcar Gidor game and even the Kilcar final a couple of months before that. So if you look at the run that Neve Connell had into last year's final, the play Kilcar, in the county final that went to extra time that was controversially won in penalties. There was all that drama then about the, you know, is it a, did they want it, did they not want it? Is it going to the, you know, wherever it's going, arbitration or whatever. Then they played Kilcar again. Then they played Gidor again, who were the form, big form teams and, and put in really solid performances. So I think they went into a final with all this hype, with all this talk on radio and everywhere else that they were the most, you know, best team in the county had ever seen. And all that played into a situation that played perfectly into the hands of, of St. Eurens and then they rightly dispatched them on the day. So if they get to a final, it'll be a fool to write them off and think that they're just going to roll over because you can be sure um you know they'll have a lot they'll have a big part to say in it. But for me, are they a better team than they were a couple of years ago? And I don't think they they have they are. I think a lot of the newer players 
have yet to really stamp their their authority on the on the team like the older guys did. Like if you look at the the Anthony Thompsons, the Lee McClunes, the Brendan McDyers, the Marty Boyles, the Owen Wades, those guys have been on the road since. 2005, and now we're 2022, that's 17 years, and they're still main players and mainstay players in the team. And as you well know, experience is great, but you go from experience to old very quickly, and that's what happened in the county final last year. Unions ran the legs of, of the team, and now it's up to that new generation. It's up to Jack McKelvey, it's up to the Doherty's, it's up to the Quinns, it's up to big Charlie McGuinness to step up and take over that leadership mantle and, and take over that ownership of the team. And I suppose we, we're still very dependent on Kieran Thompson. He's that kind of bridge between old and new. And, you know, he, I feel we need more from him as well. I think he's, he's going through the motions right now. And again, on any given day, if he shows up, and some of our bigger players show up and, and play really well, then we're going to be a match for anybody when it matters. But again, um, job work to get over is not going to be easy. It's perfectly set up for them right now. Um, both teams are going into the semi-final in exactly the right state of mind. They're going in under the radar. All it talks about the other two. So I think both of them will be quietly confident that they can get one over the other. And then you're in a final and it's, uh, you know, an end can happen. John, I was just going to throw a question to you, uh, John, on the on the senior management. Chris McNulty did an article with me last week, uh, going way back to our time in two thousand and two. Remember, and there was a there was a real yeah. um, uh, lag on on a county manager coming in, and and uh, the old man himself making enough a uh, uh, step down. And he was just wondering about the about the impact of that. Uh, John, what's your feeling at the minute on this search for a manager and and uh, and uh, and I suppose the, the the nature of it that it's that, that it's all hush hush now and and where I suppose time is 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 of the essence in terms of pulling the management team together. Yeah, I suppose uh, I know, and I read the article, and I agreed with a lot of things you said in the sense that what two thousand and two is is a generation ago, really, um, and the attitude towards preparation, etc., has really changed in that period of time. So any time lost now. Um, will have repercussions later on in the year. I, my own personal views on it is, is, you know, it's, it's, the Donegal job's a funny job. We've had incredible success <clears throat> over the last 10, 12 years. And people forget very quickly how unsuccessful we were for 20 years prior to that. Um, and I suppose the expectation levels were different. And anybody coming in right now, the expectation is Donegal are going to be in Ulster finals. They're going to be in super eights. They're, they're going to do all those things. And that, brings an extra added burden to any new man coming into the job with that expectation over you. Um, and it's just not that easy. Um, and there's also kind of we're going through a transition. I don't know if Big Michael's coming back, if he's going to hang around. There's some of the older players are not going to be there, Big Neil, etc. So there's a lot of things at play. Um, the other thing is, if you look at the way that Declan was treated at the very end, and whether you think Declan was a great manager or a bad manager or was overachieved or underachieved, whatever the opinion, the amount of, of vitriol that he, that he encountered online from people who I would say are non-GA people was, was terrible. At the end of the day, this is a voluntary association. Declan went to his work in the morning. He met people. He gave everything he could for Donegal over 20 years, but he was turned on. And anybody looking at that job right now has to look at that from a family perspective and a personal perspective. Do you want that kind of, you know, aggravation in your, in your life? And in most people's cases, the answer is no. 
do they have enough going on without dealing with people who are calling them everything under the sun when you're trying to do your best? And sometimes your best is not good enough through no fault of your own. So that's point number one. I think that's an issue when somebody's looking at this job. There's a there's a probably an excessive expectation in Donegal, given where we've been over the last 10, 15 years. The, there's a lot of online and just general abuse floating around right now or over the last number of months that maybe is uncalled for and it's not that palatable. Um, that make the job very difficult. And the other side of the equation is you're stuck at the northwest end of the country. And I know we always feel sorry for ourselves, but I always feel it's much easier to get a manager if you're down in the Midlands somewhere because you have more counties around you. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of a troll man comes into Donegal to manage Donegal, et cetera, et cetera, isn't that high. I know we've had uh, one or two dairymen, but again, it's not that common. Um, so it's probably going to be an in-house job. Um, you as regards feeling, to the way the you country... Do feeling, John, that they're trying to put a couple of people together here if I'm reading between the lines. I don't really know who they are, but it may be a question yeah. of that that they're that the guys that they're that they're after, they're they're twenty twelve boys, they're trying to make something that works for them. And as you said, because of the impact on their life, I think they're going back saying, Listen, we need this, this and this, uh, for that to be, you know, that we, that their that their job is yeah. here. Has to be, yeah. it has to be sorted. I suppose in the mix of that, it's not they don't want to do that. They're more or less putting that back to the county board. Listen, if you put this in place, you know there's a chance this could be happening. It seems to be what's happening in the background that there's a couple of men that we're trying to to get together from their their ex twenty twelve. You know what's <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be putting any names of people because as you said there, John, the the hype and what people have to listen to then is 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 a bit much because it's a you know it's an amateur post. Yeah, I think that's a very dangerous thing to do because you end up with Frankenstein, um, you, know, you know, parts of everybody. And at the end of the day, there needs to be somebody at the top of the ship that's driving the ship and has the responsibility. So, you know, trying to pick a county team or manage a county team by committee is is a, a you know disaster waiting to happen. And it's not ideal. And I understand why they're trying to do it. <clears throat> I also don't. As a whole, you know, I know we've taken a very secretive approach to it, obviously for the reasons that we've outlined in the sense that nobody wants to put their head up to be that we're on the committee and it's our responsibility and then they're getting, you know, trolled left, right and centre. But I do think that transparency is the key to everything. I think as a county board that represent all the clubs in the county, I think this very hush-hush secretive approach isn't helpful. Um, I think it creates more problems, it creates rumours, you know, it leads to people ask the question, why are you doing that? Uh, and there's a huge level of uncertainty out there. And we're getting really to the, we're getting to the stage now where we're at, you know, we're heading towards October. Yeah. Uh, we're heading into our county semi-finals and a county final shortly after that. And there's no white smoke anywhere. Like it's, it's, you know, you and I are around about and we, we know a lot of people here and there within the game, but there's no standout name popping out from anywhere that would give you, okay, that's where they're going. And, you know, we're close enough to that and we don't even hear what's going on. So it's, it's interesting to say the least, but it's, it's not the ideal situation as preparation for people going in to start training for a new season. And as you know, those guys will nearly start their programs right away. And even if you're a manager and you don't know your manager trying to go to county games or club games, to see what's out there over and above what we already know is difficult as well because, you know, I don't know what the communication levels are between the potential candidates and the county board, but whatever is going on, it's, it's, it's like Sicilian in nature. There's, there's an oath of America and nobody's talking about anything. 
So it's uh, it'll be a big surprise, I think, for everybody when when they finally do. And they will get there. There will be somebody. Um, but at this point in time, it's anybody's guess who or what it might look like. That is true, uh, John. We wait uh, with bated breath. We're wondering what this is going to be. The couple of guys in there now, I, I would be happy enough with a few of the names was was bandied about. But at this minute, it is all rumour, John. And hopefully we get an answer soon because <clears throat> with a lot of talented young players and they need to know what's happening and need, uh, as you said, John, the structure is now from 2002 completely different. Thanks very much, John. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we're just, as I say, let's round up the senior and the intermediate, the junior, of course, is at final stage. Later, Kenny Gales playing the Rasa and Karen Donna taking on Neve Alton. So that's the final, the semi-final parents in the junior as well. We're just going to turn our attention now to the ladies football championship. And Marion O'Donnell is joining us on the show to round up all the action from the weekend. Yeah, well, the Junior Ace uh, Shield took place yesterday up in Bort, and that was uh, a game, an encounter between Oris and Four Masters. Now, Oris run out um, worthy runners in the end uh, in, in that competition, and as you say, there was intermediate semi-finals yesterday as well. Uh, we spoke last week about the semi-finals, and we said that, you know, Erua were definitely a team to watch. Um, they went on against uh, Neve Wara yesterday. In fact, Neve Wara was a fancy team on this occasion. I would have tended to maybe disagree, considering in the form of Eru over the past number of games and of course they ran out where they wonders Eru in the end uh, 4-13 to 2-8 they beat um, their um uh, Nevora opposition had 11 points, so they were comfortable runners going through to the to 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 finals now, and that'll be the weekend that the seniors are out as well. Ardra and Fana took took um took were were in the other semi final. Uh, Brendan Ardra, of course. Um, Beat Fanet. It was a very, very thrilling encounter. It went to extra time. They were one eight apiece at the end of the second half, and that went into extra time. And of course, our drag come out with two points to spare at the end of that game, Brendan. And they go through now to the semi final of the intermediate championship against Irua Fanet. Um, I think it was Irua who lost out to Fanet in the semi finals last year. So Irua looking to maybe take their place in senior football and it has been a long time since Eru have been in the, the senior championship so yeah an interesting final to, to come between um, Eru and Ardra now uh, over the next and be two weeks time uh, but I suppose let's get down to maybe looking at the seniors a senior semi-finals I went down to Terman I was watching the Terman Neve Connell game yesterday morning and took place the Burn Road in Terman and Terman um, overcame Neil Connell with seven points to spare in the end, two eleven to one seven, and it was just as we expected. Neil Connell really pushing on, and senior now have been up there for a number of years, and they're only improving in their game, and you know they're getting closer every year. So well done to Neil Connell yesterday. I know they they weren't winners and. They probably must out. Was, I say they must out in the shield, but it's good to see them get, uh, competing in, in, in the senior in the senior championship as well. Um, it'll be, of course, Terman and Glen Fun because Glen Fun beat Moville yesterday as well. Eleven points they had over uh, their, their the Moville side yesterday. But we talked about Moville not being as strong this year, and it certainly was the case yesterday. But Glen Fun, of course, are very very strong and have been probably the leading force in ladies football in the last three years. And I mean they're going for three in a row this year, Brendan. Before that term and dominated very much for the most part of the decade but it's definitely been a reroute now and Glen Fun are have been at the top and they'll be very very hard to beat to come away with um eleven points to spare in Mavalli yesterday four fourteen to one twelve and that game was of course played up in Glen Fun. Yeah, yeah so it's a, it was a very exciting uh, roundup of 
Yeah, yeah, more, more, more great stuff. We just, just talking about the, the, the likes of um, potentially Rio or, or, or draft coming up, and you, you mentioned Neve Connell there building. Do you get the sense for these teams that they, there's a lot of work going on out there, and and as you say, the catch up to obviously Glen Fun and Terman. There's a lot of things happening which would make it a, a, teams are trying to progress to get to that level. You know yourself, St. Unions come up last year and and have been trying to stay up this year. They're in the Shield final now against St. Nauls. Um I think that's maybe the Shield uh, Shield final is maybe next weekend, but. Uh, yeah, as you say, it's a progression in ladies football. There's there's managers taking teams out there next year because they know that the the, the the gap can be bridged eventually. But you need to push on and develop your underage structure. We talked about Dunlow last week. Very evident that there's a lot of working on in Dunlow, the underage. They've won the Division 1 underage at under 14, 16 and 18. As I say, they're in the Junior A final now in a couple of weeks' time. Um, that's definitely the team they've been pushing on. Irua have a second team of ladies out um, this year then, the Junior B final uh, against Neil Patrick. So it just goes to show you that the numbers for ladies football are coming out and they're certainly developed, but the only place for them to to develop is actually at underage level, Brendan, and we need to see it coming through. We talked about how important it is, especially for our county structure next year as well. Uh, and the next and the next number of years we want to develop, we got to the All Ireland semi final there with the county ladies there this year. So, the more teams that are progressing up into senior, intermediate, and senior level, um, the more work that's been done, the more progression we'll have uh, in the club championship and and and, and the county championship. Brendan, it's, it's very very important. Yeah, and are you seeing any uh, kind of future stars blossoming up there? I know obviously your own club is, is brilliant. I see Yvonne was obviously uh, player of the match for. Glenn Finnegan hadn't won six of on Bonner. Uh, Jody McFadden uh, was was the man of the match in, in in your game. Hadn't won three as well. Are you seeing players out there that are that are putting their hand up to get into this county side? Of course, there are players developing all the time, Brendan. Uh, you know, you, you need to bet a lot of the games to see, but there's a lot of underage development. You're talking just about. <coughs> Sorry, you're just talking about the teams there in Terman and Mavill and, and Glenfan, of course, and, and they've been very evident and, and players have been breaking into the county panel for a number of years now. So, yeah, there's a lot of up-and-coming talent and, you know, it's well needed. Like, you really have a couple of key players, you know, um, there as well. Fanet were good and Intermediate haven't come through. I have a couple of good players coming through and, as I say, done low coming through but you know like you need to get people involved that 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 know the football like Tony Boyle is very heavily involved down there and uh down and I uh, don't know at the minute and as I say that's probably some of the reasons why they're pushing on and you know people getting into football who who have played and have had a role in football over the last number of years it's good to get those people involved and there's plenty of them within the club to get involved and, and put their expertise across and that's what they need and people aspire like young girls aspire to those aspire to the play, people that are playing county and even some of the county girls come back and coaching when they can and helping out within the clubs and they're very good to do that and that definitely pushes the younger girls on to aspire to be together there's not a lot of talent coming through at the moment and hopefully we'll see some of that breaking into the county panels as well now this year yeah listen listen great great stuff you know it's a, it's a young Neve Connell side obviously playing Terman yesterday listen as you said Glenn Finn going for three in a row who would your slight tip there would be well, take, taking your heart, heart out of it and, and, and yeah. going with your head would you think Glenn Finn still are going into this game as, as, as favourites into this final 
Uh, yes, I mean, it's a difficult one to call, obviously, but uh, standing on the fence, you know, Glen Fun have been very, very good over the last number of years. I told, uh, I've mentioned that now. It was a cracking game of football in Lifford last year in the final, and it ran into extra time as well. So, you know, I'd hope that there'll be another encounter of similar form now to come in the next couple of weeks. That game's actually the intermediate finals and the senior finals will be played now in the 1st and the 2nd first and the second October. Venues have still been right decided on yet you know um, and it'll probably come within the next week but listen um, Glen Finn because they're going for three in a row will be very very hard to beat like you know I played when I, when we played numerous finals against Glen Finn and, and they've been on the hands of defeat determined for many many years and it's sort of come around full circle now at this stage and Glen Finn have been very very good uh, they're you know the panel of players has evolved over the last number of years they have a big panel of players Terman are probably a little less um, I was looking at the subs bench yesterday and there weren't too many sitting on us you know so whereas Glen Finn have had huge numbers probably out of training as well so and you know they do carry that favourites tag going in uh, because of their last two years um, winning the title so but listen Terman will love to go in as underdogs. Who doesn't go in, like to go in? I think it's bonus territory when you go in as underdogs because you've nothing to lose and, and everything to gain. So the pressure really will be on Glen Fun on the day, Brendan. And uh, it's, it's, it's a hard one to call. I'd say it'll come down to the wire again. Um, look, you're looking back at maybe looking at uh, Glen Fun's form this year. They've definitely been, you've been in one in form the whole way. But uh, on the other side of the draw, then you've got Terman and They've won all their games as well, uh, comfortably enough. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, a difficult one to call. Listen, it's the two best teams. There's no doubt in that. It's going to be a brilliant game. I advise every, anybody to get along and watch it and see this because yeah. I say two top top teams. Before I go, I should mention the, the, the senior shield final as well. Your own team, St. Unions, there will be playing St. Nalls, and that's a repeat of the 2020 intermediate final. So that should be a very good encounter as well. Um, St. Nalls have been on seniors. Um, senior football since 2020 now St. Eunice just come back up into senior last year you know a team as you well know that dominated ladies football and and for the most part of the 90s and right up to their last final and uh, senior final in 2013 you know yes. um, so they're up and they're, they're looking to evolve and they're looking to transition back into that team they were many years ago that dominated ladies football and the seniors uh, and St. Nalls I told you we're doing they're going very, very well. Uh, I've watched them this year already. They've really, really improved since they're coming into um, senior football. Uh, and it'll be a cracking game of football as well. So that takes place on the 9th of October as well, Brent. Great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, be good yeah, to see. Yeah, so a lot of football to look forward to over the next couple of weekends. Yeah, thanks very much, Mo. That was great. Great roundup as ever. We'll be speaking to Mo in the coming uh, weeks. I want to thank my other guests uh, this evening, John Gilday, of course. Guy McDade and Frank Craig and of course to say they're Maureen O'Donnell rounding up the ladies football for us. I want to thank Kenneth of course here for producing and his patience as ever, the head of sport Oshin Kelly. Uh, stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions. Jimmy and Paul will be coming on shortly. I listen every week. It's a, a fantastic show and uh, stay tuned for them and of course tune in next week the DLD debate will, ret- will return at the same time and the same place here Monday evenings just after 7pm news I'll speak to you all in The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Canny serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen 